going on, everybody? My name is Matt. I'm Gabe. And welcome back to another episode of the Tentacle Bot Podcast. And today we've got a band breakdown episode. But before we jump into that and get into the the spicy stuff, Gabe, what have you been listening to lately? Lately, it has just been a lot of deathcore for me personally. Ooh. Like it's, it's just like if it's heavy, then I kind of want it. So okay. like I, I revisited the Enterprise Earth record. Um, I I was revisiting. Uh, well, I'm not revisiting, but I, I went to the uh, the Widowmaker record uh, again because Widowmaker is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. I'm so sad that they broke up. Um, I d- jumped back into some Cattle Decapitation. The Spire of Lazarus record that we're going to talk about next week is just hitting something different. Hey. It is unfreaking real. Um, and then just like a lot of like Acacia Strain, Doctor Acula, and that kind of stuff in there too. Okay. What about you? So I know uh, you really loved it that I was talking about this as much as I did last week, but I put together that playlist, which (laughs) as long as I had been talking about putting one together, as long as we've been doing the podcast, I've just finally done it. And it's become a conglomerate of just more singles from a lot of different bands so far. And again, it's just something I've been adding to. Uh, so it's been like I've been really hooked on the song Gold by Destroy Rebuild Until God Shows mm-hmm. or Drugs, like we had talked about a week or two ago. I've uh, been really hooked on that, but like Lamb of God, uh, The Divorce Prada, a little bit of Spirit Box stuff, like pre Rotoscope stuff. Um, Bless the Fall. I had actually thrown a couple Escape the Fate songs on, and it was just like the good ones. Well, one of them came on, and I immediately had to remove it from the playlist because it's actually not that good. But just kind of a little bit of everything from kind of my musical um, musical history, at least kind of coming up to now. So a little bit of deathcore, a little bit of metalcore, a little bit of groove metal, but a little bit of this, a little bit of that kind of thing. Nice. Up to the main topic, which, ooh, everybody, you know what? This is, Gabe and I talked about this before the episode started. This is probably the episode that we're going to get canceled, even more so than the Iron Maiden episode. So to all you elder emos, elder scene kids, and all you current scene kids, sorry, not we're, sorry? We're, I'm kind of sorry. I'm kind of sorry. I feel kind of bad about it for me. I kind of do, but I don't. Gabe, who are we talking about this week? We're going to talk about Day to Remember. Ooh. We're, we're going to be revisiting episode number one oh in, in a, a small way, shape, or form. And mm-hmm. if you haven't listened to that episode, I kind of recommend checking it out. But at the same time, who God, it was rusty. Probably <laughs> skip the first, like, three minutes of that episode, and you'll be fine. At, at least. At least, There's quite yeah. a bit in there that needs to be skipped. Um, That's fair. I'm going to do my hot take right off the top. Your Welcome was their best record. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Time out. What? <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm okay. 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 <laughs> uh, but let's just jump right into it. So a day to remember was started in Ocala, Florida, or is it Ocala? Uh, I think it's Ocala. Ocala, Florida. Yeah, um, they were originally known as End of an Era, and they were founded in 2003 by Tom Denny, their uh, guitarist and drummer Bobby Scruggs. And yeah, they uh, ended up adding a couple couple members early in. They brought in Jeremy McKinnon, 
Um, they brought in Neil Westfall on rhythm guitar to go alongside with Tom Denny, and then they brought in Joshua Woodward, or I'm sorry, Joshua Woodard on bass. And the first record that they had put out actually through Indianola Records was called And Their Name Was Treason. Um, and I'm going to get my life together. Uh, this one was released May 10th of 2005, uh, and it followed their uh, second self-released EP, which actually came out the same year. Uh, a couple notable tracks on... Notably, the EP was called Halos for Heroes, Dirt for the Dead. Okay, and thank you. Uh, a couple couple notable songs on this one is uh, You Should Have Killed Me When You Had the Chance. Um, Your Way With Words is Through Silence, Heartless, 1958, as well as You Had Me at Hello. How did you feel about this record, Matt? Oh, <laughs> here comes the sauce immediately. Uh, I will bring this up quite a bit through... Um, throughout our, our breakdown of the band. I, I respect that they were trying... They're kind of this amalgamation of pop punk and metalcore, and you you definitely see that throughout their history. Definitely. I, we'll kind of refer to it from here on as easy core, um, but that's mm-hmm. basically what it is. It's just kind of blending parts of pop punk, like the, your big soaring choruses, your catchy things and stuff mm-hmm. like that, and the kind of breakdowns and verses and kind of just general uh, construction of a metal course. Right. Um, I feel like it kind of felt like a chaotic amalgamation. Like it, it kind of didn't work in some ways. The other thing that I had a really big problem in this, I'm going to bring up quite a bit is there are portions of songs that they put out where it feels like the maybe from the verse to the chorus is it's such a change of sound or change of vibe for the song that it just doesn't fit or they're just like oh we're gonna take this part and we're just gonna wedge it in right here and there's a lot of things that feel very very out of place throughout their just musical or just really their discography up as far that i can think of immediately going into like common courtesy um it's okay. Yeah, this this one's okay. Um, for me personally, you had me at hello and 1958 are still going to be the standout songs on the record. Yeah, um, which is kind of usually the case for most people. With mm-hmm. uh, you should have killed me when you had the chance being kind of a another favorite of folks. Yeah, no, that one for sure. And one, um, I know you and I talked about this, but 1958. Um, I know I told you, Gabe, that when I revisited that song, is I thought it was absolute trash. Yeah, I still think you're wrong on that so one. So let me let me backtrack. So the song is fine until the part where he do, where they all do the we're all one in this. Like as soon as that happened, I'm like the song's ruined. Yes, just you should have stopped it after the second course, or you should have just done the breakdown, called it a day. But like that that last probably minute minute and a half where it's just like the the gang vocals over. Just, just ruin the song. Up until that point, it was fine. Yeah. Not to invalidate your opinion, but I invalidate your opinion. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, did you? You did. Never mind. You have anything else on this one? Um, I guess the only thing I could bring up is you'll see, and we'll we'll probably glance over it a little bit later, but a. 
uh, reissue of this was released called Old Record. And when looking at the track listing for it is as a... They, they rearranged the tra track listing on it. Um, mm -hmm. Basically what it was is they just kind of... The original issuing wasn't really accessible. So to, mm -hmm. to access for the... Uh, and their name was Treason. Like, it was extremely difficult. So Old Record being reissued, um, it was right before Homesick was announced. And they just wanted people to like actually be able to access it. Yeah. Um, yeah, so like... Oh. Yeah, so, so um, it would... It, let me backtrack here. It was announced at the same, roughly about the same time Homesick was. Homesick was released in 2009. In 2008, Old Record was released. Okay. But it was a limited releasing that was released as a part to gain access to it. But then that ran out, so they issued a reissue in 2010 and issued a reissue in 2013. Mm, okay. So they have released their first album four times. Jeez. <laughs> uh, but it's kind of neat looking at the, uh, the track listing for Old Record. So, like, the intro song on... Um, Wow, I, and their name was treason would just be simply written out as intro is on old record it was intro 05 and then they just kind of d differently um presented all of the names of the the songs on the record which i thought was kind of kind of a cool little thing um, yeah it's a little bit interesting it's a nice way to change it up that way mm -hmm. you know if you're listening to a remastered version of it or the original depending right on what one that you got um, yeah, they changed up all of them. They also reorganized the track listing uh, a little bit as well. Yeah. Um, and then going into their following record, which released in 2007, uh, but we did actually have a lineup change. Uh, Bobby Scruggs ended up leaving in 2006, and Alex Shellnut uh, ended up coming in on drums. And uh, looking at it is Alex is actually still currently the drummer for the band. Yeah, from here on, the band basically stays the same until 2000 or 2021, um, where they finally kick out Josh Woodard for being a creepy dude. Um, apparently, there were some sexual allegations there that, aris that ar had arisen way earlier on, but they finally kicked him out. But mm -hmm. just uh, basically everything stays the same from here. We, there, there is a, a change between 2009-2010. Uh, but Like I said, there's one other change. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but jumping into the next record is to... Or, I'm sorry. For Those Who Have Heart, uh, released on January 22nd of 2007 through Victory Records. And uh, notable songs on this one include uh, Fast Forward to 2012, Speak of the Devil, uh, Honestly, the danger in starting a fire plot to bomb the panhandle. Oh, my God. My brain's shutting <laughs> off. Um, and I believe you can make an argument for Shot in the Dark. Uh, Monument as well. Monument as well, yeah. Uh, what were your thoughts on this one? So this one's still... It, it's it's creeping towards the peak era of Day to Remember, but it wasn't quite there for me. Mm -hmm. um, there's still definitely good songs on there. I mean, I remember Danger and Starting a Fire, Plot to Bomb the Panhandle. Like yep. Both of those were on regular rotation on my, my childhood playlist. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, the, you can definitely hear the, the change when they go from Indianola to uh, Victory here, since this is their first release on Victory, and mm -hmm. we'll get into that mess a little bit later here. <laughs> but um, this one here, especially if you picked up the... Uh, the deluxe version of it. You also got the uh, "Since You Be Gone" cover, which was also a really big hit. Which yes. is the, the remake of the famous Kelly Clarkson song "Since You Be Gone." Mm -hmm. um, yeah, obviously it's better than the original. 
Yeah. Yeah. The the cover that they did, um, this is the Since You've Been Gone cover by A Day to Remember is one of the instances when people say that the like pop goes or punk goes pop covers were all really bad is I point. This is one of the ones I point to and like, no, no, no. This was good. This was really good. There, there is so many punk goes pop covers that are amazing. Mm-hmm. Like, I'll fight those people. Yeah. Um, um, we also see uh, what's going to be continuing trend with all of their album covers. Excuse me. Um, so we have just this guy facing away from the the viewer of the album on looking a scene. So we had it, in a, and their name was Treason a little bit. This one here, we have another iteration of it where it's a guy holding his hand, uh, or holding his hand behind his back holding a bat. Um, the only difference here is the deluxe edition, which is the most, the more iconic for this particular album. Uh, it has kind of like this Phoenix traditional drawing with the album name underneath and the band name over top. Mm-hmm. But otherwise, the, every single one of their albums has this guy facing away. Yeah. It's um, kind of like the dude from Disturbed. Right. Uh, or Eddie, uh, the Ed, Ed the Zombie from it, Iron Maiden. Yeah, from Iron Maiden. Uh, and as we'll see in uh, one of the later records, uh, you actually called it out, You're Welcome, is it's just Jeremy McKinnon. Um, there's a likely chance that it's Jeremy McKinnon is kind of the, the character, or it's supposed to be kind of a, a version of him just for the just having as a, a model. Um, but yeah, no, as you said, this is definitely getting into kind of what would be the peak era of a day to remember. This is where they started kind of, kind of figuring themselves out. Um, and if you look at some other bands in the, in kind of the same era, um, I'm going to par- compare them to the Devil Wears Prada for a second, just cause I know they're, what? No way. whoa, surprise, <laughs> uh, because they were, they were touring quite a bit together, um, at least where like the divorce products, you could start really seeing them kind of pick a direction and sticking with it. I still feel like a day to remember. Well, you can kind of put them under the easy core umbrellas. They still felt like they they hadn't really honed in on anything in particular uh, until what has to be their best record. Gabe, which one is it? It's gonna be homesick. Hey, let's go. Yeah, and so it's a tie for me on their best record uh, between this one and the follow-up that we'll dig into here mm-hmm. in a minute. But it, it's a really close realm. Um, so homesick here was released on February third of two thousand nine. It was recorded at the Wade Studio in Ocala, Florida, and uh, it was also released on Victory. Uh, it was produced by Chad Gilbert, who is the vocalist, if I'm not mistaken, of uh, Newfound Glory, uh, and oh, then uh, okay. Adam D as well. So we're seeing him pop up once again uh, and it does look like some producer credit does also go to andrew wade yes um notable singles off of this one there's a lot of notable songs off of this there one is. the downfall of us all uh, i'm made of wax larry what are you made of uh new jersey legion ice tea mr highways thinking about the end which has probably one of the most iconic breakdowns of all time yeah also iconic meme uh have faith in me uh, and then if it means a lot to you like there's there's just a lot of songs on here and we get three really good features um, still absolutely my number one favorite song by the band. I made of wax, Larry, what are you made of is featuring wait for it. My Karanik of the divorce Prada surprise. Yeah. <laughs> um, we also get Vincent Bennett from Acacia strain on welcome to the family. 
Yeah. And then Sierra Custerback, or as she was um, referred to, uh, Sierra K uh, from Versa Emerge on If It Means a Lot to You. I totally forgot about that band until I was doing this episode. That's that's <laughs> I I forgot that name existed. This there's so much about this record as I listen to it. Gabe, I couldn't tell you the last time I listened to this record, and once I was listening to it, I found myself singing my head, singing the songs, and remembering a lot of the songs. And mm-hmm. again, this had been five plus years at least since i listened to any of this i still found myself getting sick to my stomach hearing downfall of us all and the only reason is is because when i was taking weight training uh mm-hmm. in high school like they had a five song playlist maybe and oh. so downfall of us all was part of it there was uh the, the down with the sickness i forget what system of a down song and a couple others like it was just so the just same like things ba- on repeat just basic on repeat. heavy uh yeah and it was just like yeah the the first thing we all do the like let's go the first few times that's a that's a blast doing that oh yeah buddies it's so much fun and then for the 180th time it's just like yo y'all y'all need to stop did you no. did you at least kind of like meme on it and just kind of like da 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 like did you at least meme no, on it? No, people just stopped doing it. Oh, that's because like we all got sick of it. Yeah, no, <laughs> so, that's fair. Yeah, that that's my personal story. It's still a good song. It's mm-hmm. just I'm I'm done with it at this point. Yeah, <laughs> no, I, I I can completely understand that. Yeah. I definitely do not have any memories of that song like that. So <laughs> I I can definitely still listen to the song and not feel like I want to like stab myself in the throat. But no, that's that's reasonable. Yeah, and "Homesick" is still one of my favorite songs. Like I know it's Homesick's kind of not one. one of their big popular ones, but like the acoustic version of that one just hits different. Mm-hmm. Well, and I, I, as I was listening to it, um, I know before I was just picking a lot of like the big singles, so like "Downfall," um, "I Made of Wax," "Larry," "New uh, New Jersey," "Legion Ice T," "Mr. Highways," "Thinking About the End," "Have Faith in Me," just kind of like picking the main songs. Once I actually listened to "Homesick," I was really surprised at how good that one was mm-hmm. um so that one's super sweet uh now we're gonna get into uh some of the spicy spice um back in um 2009 uh we do see the departure of tom denny and then kevin scaff coming in who would be um just the the sole get or taking over guitar responsibilities until the um, eventual removal of Joshua Woodard. Oh, he he does bass. So. Oh, okay. Sorry. I don't know. Um, I don't think they've replaced the bass. I think he just kind of took that, all those that could stu- be. for studio and have a tour guy for him. So it's time for big saucy drama. Um, in 2011. Oh, actually, one more thing before we get into saucy drama. I forgot Ooh. to bring up charting. On this oh, one. thank you. So on this one, uh, it peaked at 165 on UK Album Chart, number 21 on US Billboard 200, number 5 on US Billboard Alternative Album Chart, number 21 on US Billboard Digital Album Chart, number 2 on Hard Rock Albums Chart, number 1 on Independent Albums, number 7 on Rock Albums, and number 4 on Top Tastemaker. A, yeah, no, th- this is a record that a lot of people held very, very highly. Kind it went, of in. Yeah, it went gold in Canada, the UK, and the United States. It also ended the year at number 50 on Hard Rock and number 17 on independent albums. Good for them. Yeah, That's no, awesome. it, it, there is there is no denying that this was a good record. Yeah. In, in the grand scheme. Oh, absolutely. So, 
Well, I guess we should probably um, cover the next record that came out before we get into the saucy drama. Because in 2010... I, I was wondering why. <laughs> yeah, no, I, 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 was, I thought this released later. Um, released November 15th, 2010, <laughs> the day before my birthday. That's hilarious. Uh, what separates me from you? Before that, <laughs> <laughs> we're a mess, guys. Can you tell? Um, before that, just a real small blurb. They released on May 25th of 2010, Attack of the Killer B-Sides. Oh, yeah. Um, th- this is uh, this <laughs> had Right Where You Want Me to Be on it. It had a remix uh, or a remastered version of Since You've Been Gone. It had an acoustic version of another song about the weekend, and then it had Over My Head Cable Car, um, which featuring which featured Slade and Joe King, uh, which was a cover by The Fray. Yep, and I think that was on, I believe that was on one of the Punkos Pop releases. I, I know Over My Head Cable Car definitely was. Okay. Uh, yeah, no, that that's also a really good cover. Um, a Day to Remember really knocked that one out. Um we got to jump into... Now we can get into this one. <laughs> hey uh, What Separates Me From You, which, um, again, released November 15th of 2010. Uh, producers, we've got Chad Gilbert, Andrew Wade, and Jeremy McKinnon. Uh, notable songs on this one include All I Want, All Signs Point to Lauderdale, as well as It's Complicated. Uh, we also have uh, Better Off and Second Sucks. Yes. This... I love this record. So I, I now, this is the last like really good record. I, by I them. think like all around. Yeah, re- respectfully, I think Homesick is the best. I think this one is my favorite. I feel like that's the distinction I need to make. Okay, because this one here it dropped when I was really discovering music mm-hmm. and really getting into it and kind of discovering that for myself. So I was in high school when I illegally downloaded this album hey. <laughs> um, back before I knew the consequences and all that jazz. But yeah, it, it is it, it, it is a really solid record from mm-hmm. front to back. Yeah, no, th- this one absolutely is like this. Where Homesick was really where a day, the band had been like, okay, this is what we really want to do. This kind of pushed that forward. And we started kind of seeing the band take a little bit more of a rock direction. So it was less easy core and more kind of rock, like kind of the, rock they, they core in a way. a lot more, yeah, kind of. They implemented, um, implemented a lot more um, big anthemic kind of choruses to them. Yeah, um, yeah it, it just... I think I think all I want is probably like the best the the best kind of example of the like really really big chorus here on this album. For sure. Um I think this is pro- that's probably the number one most popular song on this one. Um yeah. all, all signs, signs point to Lauderdale is like right underneath. Yeah, it, it is pop punk to the extreme. It's mm-hmm. I hate this town. It's so washed up. Yeah, it, yeah. It, it's just like hey, this is pop punk in its entirety and then we get a little bit of like the extra kind of stuff. Yeah. No. Then the music video was fantastic for it. <laughs> the, all, the, all the uh, all their music videos were good. Mm-hmm. The the, uh, the all I want one I really like because it's got all of the um, kind of cameos from all the different folks in mm-hmm. the like Vans Warp Tour scene, which is where this band. That's right. Really, I forgot about that to be honest. Because uh, like Andrew is that Andrew WK? I think so. Yeah. Um. Like he's prominent in it. I think there's members of the Devourers Prada. I think Azalea Dying made a, a feature in it. Like 
it, it's been a while since I watched the video, but there's a lot of names. I'm like, gonna have oh, to go I back know. and watch that. I'm gonna I have to. I totally as well. forgot about that like, video. There's, there's like you know, I would. I remember the first time watching. I was like, oh, I know who that is. Oh, I know who that is. I know what band you're from. I know it, it was awesome. It was a really cool thing for the. Uh, actually, at the time, uh, Sceny Weenie Me. <laughs> I'm so glad I'm past that. I am too. For a lot of reasons. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, on this one here, uh, in terms of uh, where to go, charting, uh, we had it reached number 24 on Australia albums, number four on German newcomer chart, number 66 on UK albums, number one on rock and metal albums for the UK, number 11 on Billboard 200, number four on digital albums, number one on independent, number one on um, top alternative, number one on top hard rock, number two on top rock, and number eight on top tastemaker. Hey. Also, end of the year at number 184 on Billboard 200, uh, number 26, Top Alternative, number 6 on Top Hard Rock, number 9 on Top Independent, and number 34 on Top Rock Year End. Nice. <laughs> and then it went silver in the United King and Kingdom and gold in the U.S. Nice. It's saucy drama time. Saucy drama time. Let's stop teasing it. Uh, Victory Records. <laughs> Ooh. So back in 2011... Uh, a day to remember had pursued to sue Victory Records uh, because what was happening is a day to remember was trying. They had just gotten some new management and were trying to go over to a bigger label to try and just you know be a bigger band and like respect to them for that. Um, but Victory Records was like, no, you guys haven't completed your contractual obligations. Like, when you signed the contract, you needed to release five albums. And looking at... And mind you, that com or, uh, not Common Courtesy, uh, What Separates Me From You was album number three yes. of their contractual agreement. Um, so, yeah, it, um, I'm glad you brought that up because I was actually going to go back over. So, the according to Victory Records, the albums that they had released were... Um, for those who have heart, wow, I can't believe my brain just <laughs> shut off. Um, and then homesick in 2009, and then what separates me from you in 2010, like you had said. So Victory Records is like, no, you haven't fulfilled your your obligations, but uh, the band themselves were like, no, in the first two years. Like we sold, we did recorded a whole bunch of albums. Like saying that within the first two years they recorded thirteen albums. Um, well, kind of skipping ahead in time for a minute before um, you know we actually get to what would be releasing around that time. Uh, twenty thirteen is the court had given the okay for a day to remember to self release albums until there was a verdict that had actually come through, which we'll we'll kind of talk about what albums came out in that time frame. Uh, and finally, in two thousand sixteen, is the jury in Indiana, if I remember the the location correctly. That sounds correct. Yeah. Um, the jury had unanimously stated that in, in favor of the band to be able to leave victory records, stating that 
the live albums that they released on iTunes were sufficient to count against the the number of albums released for their contract. The suing was also due to Victory's breach of contract because they <laughs> stated that they withheld $75,000 worth of royalties. Yes, yeah. Um, it, it was a whole mess. Yeah, there was, <laughs> there was like, you know, the band was saying that, you know, they weren't getting the proper royalties. And then there was at one point that the band actually cut off the uh, merchandise being sent over to Hot Topic. Um, so really, there there was a lot of there was a lot of stuff going on. Kind of, I don't want to point fingers on on either side. I don't want to take a side, but it was kind of each side was kind of doing stuff to the other. And I I can I can make see each other each side's you know argument for what was going on, but. It was it was a huge fiasco, and finally in 2016, um, a day to remember. It, it was basically the large scale version of what happened with We Are Triumphant Records, mm -hmm. <laughs> and uh, so a day to remember finally got. I, they ended up being paid like four million dollars from Victory Records in 2016, but in. In the time that the uh, this all was going on, in 2013, the band released Common Courtesy. Uh, the release date on that one is October 8th of 2013. Uh, producers are going to be Jeremy McKinnon, Andrew Wade, and Chad Gilbert. Uh, with a couple of the big notable songs being Right Back At It Again and End Of Me. Um, but there was also best of me. Sometimes you're the hammer. Sometimes you're the nails and I'm already gone. Yep. Um, you can also, uh, include like violence. Enough is enough. I surrender life lessons learned the hard way. And, um, f as I was doing a little bit of research into the, the case where the band was suing victory records is, uh, Jerry Mc Jeremy McKinnon called this song out specifically, but it's called the document speaks for itself. Mm -hmm. um, so by this point, you could kind of hear that there was a little bit of there was a little bit of spite. Kind of looking at it with hindsight, there was a little bit of spite towards victory in Homesick. You could hear it a little bit in uh, What Separates Me From You, and then in this record, it's very, very present. Without a doubt. This one, this is very much the like rock album that the band put out, with End of Me and Right Back At It Again being a couple songs that were on the like local radio um, station out here. Yeah, right back at it again was definitely the best song, arguably on this record, mm -hmm. um, with a, a kind of a short second being "Best of Me." Um, mm -hmm. Both of those are personally my favorites on this album. Okay. The rest of them just kind of are there. Yeah, um, I honestly, as I was going through, because I remember when this album came out as well, I was working at Best Buy at the time at that mm -hmm. point, and I picked it up. I remember listening through it a bunch, and then. Like flash forward it today, and I'm like, I don't remember half of these songs. Yeah, I I remember, I I don't remember th as this record had come out. I didn't. This actually didn't really hit my radar until like six months after. Well, so this one was also a little funky too, in that they did an original independent release. Yes, and then they had a release that also happened with Epitaph Records. Mm -hmm. And so that was kind of what was ongoing in between the stuff that was going on there, too. Right. Um, so I, I do want to kind of complain for a minute 
Um, You'd never. I know. Just a surprise. So I'm going to make a complaint about right back at it again. The Oh, I, I can see your face, honey. It's it, It'll be fine. The song starts out perfectly fine. Like, it comes right off the city of Ocala, and it's like, oh, this is a cool transition. It goes right in, starts off, it has that little bit of a breakdown. I'm like, okay, we're cool. The The breakdown at the end felt terribly out of place. So going back to the complaint that I had said a little bit earlier, where things felt very out of place in their songs, that's one of the, the, one of those examples is here. And before the breakdown happens, it's fine. If, if the breakdown and right back at it again was attached to a different song and they had, they had, you know, had right back at it again as everything before that, it would have been perfectly fine. But the breakdown felt so out of place that the the song didn't feel completely cohesive. So the rest of the 30 minutes of this podcast is just going to be me telling Matt how wrong he is because that was the single stupidest thing that's ever come (laughs) out of your mouth. It's literally mirroring the intro. That is exactly what it is. No. Yes. No. audience to understand i'm contemplating coming over this table at matt right now matt has never been more he he was less wrong about the rise against me stanzig thing (laughs) (laughs) i'm gonna continue on before i have a stroke Matt, you're stupid. <laughs> it's anyway. Oh my god! Charting <gasps> number thirteen on Australian uh, albums. Number forty on Australian O three top forty. I don't know what that is. Number one eighty eight on Belgium Ultra Pop Ultra Top. Uh, number forty eight on German Media. Fifty seven on UK album chart. Uh, Twenty four on UK album download chart. Number five on UK official record store chart. Number one on UK rock and metals. 37 on US Billboard 200. Number five on Billboard Alternative. Number one on Billboard Hard Rock. Number four on Billboard Independent. And number eight on Billboard Rock Albums. It ended the year at US Billboard Independent at number 19. Number 33 on US Billboard Alternative. Number 13. Did I say 13 in the last one? 33 on Alternative. Number 13 on Hard Rock. And number 50 on Rock Albums. Nice. Uh, I don't have the certifications on this one. If it went gold, silver, platinum, all that jazz. Now, the following record, um, and this was, this record was actually released right around the time that uh, A Day to Remember had had won the suit against Victory. Um, so this was released uh, September second, two thousand sixteen, through independently through A, A Day to Remember, as well as through Epitaph. We get Bad Vibrations on September 2nd of 2016. I don't know if I had provided the date, but I'll make sure to um, just restate it. Uh, Producers on this one are Bill Stevenson as well as Jason Livermore. Uh, We've actually got quite a few singles off of this one. Uh, Paranoia, Bad Vibrations, Bullfight, Naivety, We Got This, and Same About You. 
Uh, and then looking at the bonus tracks, we get a couple of additional songs, uh, Negative Space as well as In Florida. I'm probably going to catch heat for this. <clears throat> but these guys sing about Florida as much as Anthony Kiedis from the Red Hot Chili Peppers sings about California. Gabe, hot take. I agree with you. I've ne okay, the hot take isn't agreeing with me. I had the hot take. You just happen to be agreeing. You just happen to be eating off the same plate at this point. My God, Matt, what are you? I don't know. <laughs> I, I just wanted to jump in on the hot take, too. We're going to end up getting flack for this episode anyway. We could pretty much say everything's a hot take, and it would be pretty much accurate. Yeah, that's fair. Um, this album sucked. Yeah. Like uh, Honestly, like Paranoia is good. Um, I, I, there's not really another song on this record that I yeah, like. Paranoia is the best song, Bullfights number two, and I still don't remember that. The only reason I really remember that song is because it was played on KUPD out here. Um, other than that, like Naivety was kind of catchy. Uh, Justified was fine. We Got This was, I guess, okay. Same About You sounds... It sounds like it probably could have been a Kelly Clarkson song. Yeah. Anyway, I'm just going to go through the chart rec labels. Yeah, that's a good idea. <laughs> Here we go. Number one on Australia albums. Number seven on Australia albums. Oh, three Australia. Number 30 on Belgian albums. Ultra Pop. Flanders. Uh, number 90 on Belgian albums. Ultra Pop. Wallonia. Number nine on Canadian albums. Number 118 on Dutch albums. Number seven on German albums. Number 23 on New Zealand albums. Number five on Scottish albums. Number 17 on Swiss albums. Number six on UK albums. Number two on US Billboard 200. Number one on independent albums. Number one on top album sales. Number one on top alternative album sales. Uh, or top alternative albums, number one on top hard rock albums, number one on top rock albums, number four on U.S. vinyl albums, and end of the year at 36 on U.S. top rock albums. Nah. So its initial release, it did really well, and then it just kind of teetered off. Mm -hmm. uh, jumping into uh, some stuff that had happened actually between uh, Bad Vibrations and their most recent record, which is You're Welcome, the uh, record that we again covered on the first uh, for our first ever episode for the podcast. Uh, June 14th of 2019, Marshmello released a collaborative track called Rescue Me with uh, a day to remember on it. I didn't listen to it. And honestly, I, I don't hate the song. Oh, like, God. It, it, if that's your vibe, it's your vibe. But like it, it's a Marshmello song, which from my understanding is like the nickelback of EDM music. Ooh. So I don't, I don't, I don't really know. I don't listen to hardly any electronic that's, music uh, whatsoever. That's but that's what I'm told. Mm -hmm. And I mean, the song's fine. I, I have it on my playlist. But okay. Um, and then a uh, little bit later, uh, August twentieth of two thousand nineteen, they released Degenerates and revealed that they were signed to Fueled by Ramen. Uh, Degenerates being one of the singles that would be a part of the album. You're welcome. Uh, then uh, some releases, some other singles that would be coming off the record. It ended up getting delayed just because mixing and artwork, ha artwork had not been completed. Uh, they released Resentment, Mind Reader, and Brick Wall uh, just to kind of get the um, kind of hype built up. Uh, October 13th of, it looks like, 2021, uh, Joshua Woodard had left the band due to allegations of past sexual misconduct. Um, so that would oh, be... no, these allegations have been around for a while. Okay. So it, it, it was one of those things that they finally kicked him out once, like, 
people started really pushing on it because he should have been kicked out a long time ago. Okay. It, it was kind of like a similar situation with, I think it was the ghost inside that had that issue. Oh, yikes. Yeah. I, I, I might be misremembering that, so don't quote me on that one specifically, but on this one, yes. Okay. <laughs> um, but on March 5th of 2021, uh, being the first album released under Fueled by Ramen, A Day to Remember released You're Welcome. So I did go forward a little bit in time and kind of come back to You're Welcome. Um, this one, again, released March 5th of 2021. Uh, producers on this was Colin Britton, Jeremy McKinnon, Mike Green, Will Putney, yeah. and Dan Book. Uh, singles from this one, Degenerates, Resentment, Mind Reader, Brick Wall, um, all released before the album had actually officially released. And then we also have Everything We Need and Re-Entry uh, being some additional ones. Really notable songs, Last Chance to Dance, Bad Friend, because uh, that one just goes hard um also permanent like that song yeah it does really good um how much do we really want to talk about this one i'll be completely honest i don't really want to talk about this one at all i mean we already talked about it for an hour we a did a year and a half ago so if you want to hear our real big thoughts on that one and how we rated everything on it Go listen to that record. Oh my God, Wilbur, you got an itch or what, buddy? No kidding. Um, also, you can go back to our uh, year-end episode where we kind of went back and kind of reevaluated things. Mm -hmm. um, we ended up talking through just everything we reviewed over the course of the year. Um, as I came back into this, is it still is going to hold very low on the list. Brick Wall is cheesy. Um, last chance to dance. They bring in the owl noises. Resentment. Ooh. They um, they call out the eye of the tiger. Oh, that one that that one hit, and I'm like, <laughs> I forgot about this, <laughs> dude. I heard I heard it, and I started. No, it was uh, as I was listening to Last Chance to Dance. As soon as he started the Who, and I was like, "Oh, Survivor called." It's the Eye of the Tiger, and I was just laughing. Well, so there was that, but in Resentment is the Eye of the Tiger. Yeah, line. yeah. So, and it was one of those that, like, I, I remember everything that was happening in Last Chance to Dance. Mm -hmm. But yeah, the um, <laughs> I totally forgot about the Eye of the Tiger call. Yeah, and I'm just like, oh. Oh, honey. Resentment is still, at least for me, is still the best song on the album. Um, it's FY still Mind Reader for me. Yeah. No, I, I listening back to Mind Reader this time is, I, I definitely found a, a new respect for it. I definitely, I like it a lot, but a lot better. Bloodsucker, honestly, is, I, fi I find that song it to be less than what I thought before. Yeah. It, Again, we talked about this at great lengths already in the past, so I'm just going to go over the charts, and uh, we'll go on from there. So, uh, charting on this one here, we have it hitting at number 9 on Australian albums Aria, number 12 on Australian albums O3. It's got the umlaut over I don't know if that means anything. Oi3? I don't know how to read an umlaut. I don't know. Number 166 on Belgian albums Ultratop, number 7 on German albums Officiel, uh, which I'm a think, I think is official in German. I'm a bad American. I'm a good American. That's how. <laughs> <laughs> um, number 19 on Scottish albums. Number 87 on Swiss albums. 36 on UK albums. Number 3 on UK rock and metal albums. Mm -hmm. 15 on US Billboard 200. Number 3 on top alternative albums. Number 2 on top hard rock albums. And number 3 on top rock albums. And it ended the year at number 100 on US top rock albums. A. Uh, the only thing that A Day to Remember has done since is uh, January 20th of 2022, they actually release 
a version of Reentry featuring Mark Hoppus. Yeah, from Blink-182. Yes. Um, I listened to it. It sounds about like re-entry, but just with Mark Hoppus on it. Nothing really... Nothing can make that song nothing better. Nothing really spectacular, honestly. Um, yeah, they, I don't know what they're doing that, that, That's really it. Yeah, yeah. Um, they... I'm, I'm assuming they're still working on new music at this point. I mean, they said that, if I remember correctly, when we talked about this album, that they had like 30 songs to choose from, and this was somehow the best Whoa. 15 or whatever. So that's that's kind of where we're at. Um, Jeremy McKinnon actually has stepped a lot more into the produce, producing uh, role. Um, I know he, he's been doing that for quite a while. Yeah. Because like he produced uh, the... Uh, neck deep, life's not out to get you, which mm. is one of my favorite records of all time. Okay, so and he's got like two features on it as well. I think so he's like, also been pretty heavily tied in with Wage War. I've been and uh, Beartooth as well, I believe. Bear, yep, he he did have some. I think it was below he would he had his hand in. I think he's had his hand in all of them. Okay. Oh wow. That I mean, I guess Ca- that would Caleb, make sense. Caleb's Caleb. done it himself, mm-hmm. but like obviously it's always good to have a second set of ears yeah well and i think also like caleb shomo would have been in attack attack at the time that a day to remember would have been coming up they would have been you know they would have been buddies yeah (laughs) um but i guess this is the part where we go into the uh the tentacle rating for the bands and their uh their entirety of their work matt on a scale of one Slippery little tentacle. To eight slippery little tentacles. <laughs> How angry are you going to make our elder heroes today? Oh, we're making them really angry. I almost did some fence sitting today. Oh, honey, just don't don't even don't even tease me with it. Just get it over and done with. Uh, do you want the fence sitting answer? No. <laughs> <laughs> you already disgraced me with your god awful review of of. Right back at it again, okay? I refuse to accept your fence sitting. Fair enough. Two. Really? Yep. I like literally the fence sitting. I would have given them an extra half point. That's it. Because I I don't I don't think that they deserve to hit the three. Unfortunately, this is this is a band whose discography. I feel like their their career. I can't even say career. Uh, in my personal opinion, is outside of their singles, they don't really have anything. And if y- all I can really gravitate to is just singles, I'm going to be less likely to kind of... I, I don't want to say respect you because like they've been around, they've done, they've done all the things, but I, I'm not going to like you as much if you don't have any substance outside of your singles. Um, so, like, top case, 2.5, but if we're just going no fence sitting and all, they're a 2 out of 8 for me. How about you? I, I was going to give them a 4. <laughs> I'm curious as to... I can't let go of the singles, man. I can't let go of it, okay? that uh, you, you know what? Considering... If it means a lot to you, it means a lot to me, Matt. <laughs> They had me at hello. Oh no! I, I am mean, homesick. Considering like your a lot of your like social media's reference, a day to remember. Like I would kind of okay, hope so, that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I guess we just kind of yeah. Let's just let's just rip this bandaid off. So my social media handle is a Gabe to remember. 
mm-hmm. where instead of a day to remember, it's just replacing my name for a day. Uh, I only pick that because it kind of fell in line with what I liked and mm. my name fit with it. Yeah. So <laughs> I had a buddy at the time who had I thought was the coolest name in the world. And his, his handle was Dennisaurus Rex. His name was Dennis. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, yo, Dennis. that is amazing. Awesome. I want something like that. Yeah. Or like all these guys that would have been like Corey Trivium or something mm-hmm. like that. Or like these, these Instagram handles and these uh, Twitter handles yeah. when I was on Twitter. And I was like, I want to have something cool like that. I don't want it to just be because at the time my my name was not PC whatsoever, and I was guitarded, uh, number eight four three. Mm. Um, my apologies for having that at once in my life. I was twelve. Um, sue me. Fair, but um, so I wanted to change it. I wanted it to not have numbers. I wanted it to be something unique, something that people would be able to remember and stuff like that. And so I became a game to remember. And I've just, it's been one of those things that I've had that handle for everything. It's never taken on anything. So mm-hmm. I always have it. I'm always the only one. And yeah. that, that's why it is. It's not because I have this undying love for a day to remember. It just happens to exist. And I never found something else better that my name fit with. That being said, I still can't let go of the singles, Matt. Shut up. Let me live my life. <laughs> <laughs> that being said, we are going to go ahead and uh, move this episode along into our uh, hidden track where we talk about something completely unrelated. Uh, Matt, what do you got for us this week? It's going to be music related. Oh, uh, look but at that. I, uh, it's not, oh. not, not another anime? Not yet. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm just joshing. Um, no, I saw a couple days ago the Elvis movie. I'm going to let you finish first before I call it out. Okay. So, um, my one, so to, to preface, cause I, I, I've talked about this to a few people and they, they let me, made me aware of this, but going into this, I had zero like idea of what this was other than the fact that it was named Elvis. It was going to be about, you know, the life of Elvis Presley and like that, that's really all the backstory I had on it. Um, I went into it and like like I've also told everybody is I'm not 100% familiar with the his like every specific thing that happened in Elvis's life. I also don't know all the stuff that went on with him and his manager and all the like uh lawsuits related to the the family against uh Colonel Thomas Parker. What threw me off was that the movie felt a lot you know it was called Elvis but it was more like Colonel Thomas Parker featuring Elvis, which I thought was kind of weird. Um, but once people had said, like, no, that's kind of what the movie was supposed to be, then I'm like, you know what? Okay, I'm not going to not gonna be mad about it. Um, they definitely villainized the manager, which I think is reasonably so. He, he did some very, very terrible things, um, and he got what he deserved. But... He, they also, because of some of the things that Elvis had done, is they also villainized him a little bit. Good. So they didn't. We'll get to that in a minute. Fair. <laughs> um, they didn't go and like paint him as this like monster and like you know he's the he shouldn't deserve the the credit that he had gotten. They never it was never painted in that sort of a light. But you definitely can see that. You know, it what Elvis didn't make all of his his money solely off of himself, but also by picking up uh, 
not not really so much from African American culture, but African American musicians and kind of bringing taking their songs. Um, so th- that was definitely present. But overall, as as a film about Elvis, I feel like it was really really good. If I had to tentacle rate it, I'd probably give it a seven. It was just a very I I felt very I enjoyed watching the film. It, it felt like it was a very good telling of the story from from the knowledge that I know, and it also makes me want to actually listen to his music because like he he's a huge recording artist. Um, yeah, I, I I'd say it was a good it was a good watch. So oh, here we go. I'm gonna go ahead and put on my SJW jacket here. <laughs> here we go. <clears throat> uh, yeah, Elvis was kind of a piece of poo. Uh, he's a statutory rapist because his wife. I'm, I'm assuming they probably made her like what, eighteen, twenty in the movie. Priscilla Presley. Yep. They actually never specified that. Well, great. She was thirteen when he married her. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Obviously, he stole from African American artists, and then he constantly belittled them when they were a part of his project. Um, like, and it was straight blatant <clears throat> ripoffs from his music, separating the art from the artist. Yeah, he's got some good stuff. Mm-hmm. But the the man himself, like outside of just like you know your normal drug and and alcohol demons and stuff like that, like he was not a good dude. It's kind of like yeah. a Jerry Lee Lewis syndrome, where Jerry Lee Lewis, great music. Um. Married his cousin. Yeah, that was yeah, that was that was weird. Yeah, that's where I'm at with that. Fair enough. I don't really have anything this week. I, I don't really want to go over Kentucky Irate Fest again. <laughs> You're like for the fourth week in a row, Irate Fest. Go to it. It's in Kentucky. There's I mean, a bunch of bands. Yeah, like we we find so we finally got to announce Slaughter to Prevail. Um, so I have that off of my chest. All of the main artists are announced, with exception of like a couple extra like hidden gems are going to be announced. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, it, it's going to be super awesome. If you're in the area, go check it out. 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 Go check. And that's going to wrap Thank it up over. for this week's episode <laughs> of the Tentacle Ball Podcast. You can find us on a variety of social medias, uh, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube, all at Tentacle Bop. Uh, I made the mistake of making a Twitter today. Uh, so I think, <laughs> oh, Gabe, a mistake was made today. Uh, there's a good possibility that there might be a Tentacle Bop Twitter uh, coming soon. Uh, I feel like we've been talking about that for, what, the last, like, six months at this point. Um, when did we start the podcast? March, March of, of 2021? Like yeah, we started it then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so keep an eye out for that. Um, just kind of keep your eyes out on Twitter. And it's probably just going to end up being stupid memes and promotions and probably Gabe talking about beard products. Um <laughs> No, it's just going to be me fighting with politicians. Also that. <laughs> uh, also, you can like, rate, and subscribe on just about every uh, place that you can find podcasts. Please, um, to the elder emos and scene kids, we're sorry, but also not sorry, but still kind of sorry. I don't sorry. even care. Just give us the one star. Rip the Get, band yeah, off. I don't at, at, least, at least write something with it. Don't just give us the one star and just leave it at that. At least put some sort of like description with it. Most creative insult wins. I don't know what you win, but you win. Yeah, no, I'm down with that. But until the next episode, we'll catch you in the next one.